1: KC laboratory sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live game preview edition of the case by Emprise Bank you can open an account with Emprise Bank in less than five minutes. The savings just start there, though. Emprise is a trusted partner with a variety of products and services to help you achieve your goals. Don't be tethered to a brick building. Start a meaningful relationship with a bank that has your best in mind. Emprise Bank member, FDIC, our partner, Impossible, here at KC Sports Network. It's been great working with them. It's great to be working with my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew Lane. Hi.
2: Hello. How do we talk about football? It's been so long since we've talked about an upcoming Chiefs game. Now, like I don't, I don't really know what's happening. It's been like thirteen million years of just college football in my mind. So I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this, Craig.
3: I, I mean, lucky, lucky for you, this isn't going to be a real football game. Um <laughs> I'll just say that yeah. up front here. Maybe that leads into my prediction here, but yeah, Chiefs. Face the woeful Indianapolis Colts woeful. this weekend. Woeful. Oh, man. <laughs> they have been awful. Just awful. So let's break them down.
2: What do you get out of yeah. the garbage can for? Bury them. <laughs> Listen. Just, shh, I'm burying you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for watching. I guess that's the end of the show. You don't really need to see anything else. <laughs> just kidding. What you should do is hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment. Uh, Tell us uh, what is going to happen in this football game, in your opinion. Uh, This is the game preview episode. We do it. We cover three things on
2: offense, we cover three things on defense. Uh, Before we start, can I talk about one thing? One thing. The Indianapolis Colts made an entire trailer, an entire video package this offseason saying that they will never lose to the Jaguars, that the Jaguars are not better they are ready to beat the Jaguars because the Jacksonville Jaguars eliminated them from the playoffs. They came into this year, their entire offseason plan was building to beat the NFL's worst Jacksonville Jaguars. And they, then they got scuffed. What happened
3: in that game? What happened in that they game? Did, surely the Colts put some points 20, on the board in that game. Right, Manny?
2: 24 to nothing against Ugh. the worst team in the NFL that you spent the entire offseason preparing for. Okay, not, Imagine. Not to be
3: fair, they're not the worst team in the NFL. They're going to win the AFC South, as I oh. predicted.
2: <laughs> does that count for anything? I feel like yes, they should does. be allow yeah. to make t-shirts for that. Nope. <laughs> Uh yeah, the,
1: the I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too cocky I'm not gonna get too excitable. Uh, I'm gonna pick a close. We're gonna one. actually break it down. Yeah, uh, let's let's break it <laughs> down. We? I well, you know, much like the coverage of the Colts,
2: am I right? Break Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of coverage for the Colts, uh, the off we're, we're gonna start with the offense, and Gus Bradley loves to base out of coverage. The chiefs have had a lot of success against cover three in the past. Haven't you Maddie?
2: Are they going to do this again? Is Gus Bradley going to do this again? Well, it depends on who you ask how much success the chiefs have had against cover three, because according to Gus Bradley, they've done a pretty (laughs) good job against them early. Um, No. So yes, I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to base out of cover three. Actually. I think, on his podcast with his brother, New Heights, Travis Kelsey was telling everybody that one of the biggest changes that they're kind of seeing and anticipating seeing is defenses are going to be more willing to play their defense against the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill there. That he doesn't, He's not saying it's going to be harder, easier, anything like that. He was just kind of talking about how without Tyreek Hill, teams might be more willing to not just put a deep shell over it and play their defense that they major in. That Gus Bradley's licking his chops. There is nobody more built to just play his defense, regardless of who's on the other side, than <laughs> Gus Bradley. So, yes, I think he's going to – do you guys think he's going to do it? Like, I'll come back with my Cover 3 talk later, but do you guys think they're going to do it?
3: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they're they're going to do it. That's what Gus does, and that's what he has done. And it's so unfortunate because I like a lot of these Colts pieces. I mean, obviously, they got rid of some guys. I Brock Yassin was one of our favorites coming out of that draft. Drafted a whole bunch of guys that are really good – in a cover two scheme. And naturally Gus Bradley comes in and says, you know what? I understand that. I know that we got the guys to run cover two. I know we can play a little two man underneath, play a little bit physical. Hear me out. Let's play cover three. (laughs) And and that's what he's done so far. It's unfortunate because there are some fun pieces with that. But yes, I fully expect that he's going to play cover three. I mean,
1: look, but look what was happened the last two weeks. Like my only counterpoint is like they've gotta mix things up a little bit here, right? Like, I feel like I Yes, I think they're gonna play plenty of cover three. I wonder if the split are as big as they've been in the past. Matthew, what do you what what nine get your burning hot (laughs) takes off here?
2: Okay. I think the Chiefs are going to struggle against cover three more than they have any times under Patrick Mahomes' career because they don't have the speed that they have used to beat cover three every other time. I We talked about it last time in the film room that Craig and I were doing when we were looking at the Chiefs, kind of third downs versus the Chargers. When they go to some of their packages, when they go 12 personnel or even just getting Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, and then Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey, or Jody Fortson, Travis Kelsey, all on the field together there's a severe lack of speed from this team some of the ways the chiefs have had a lot of success beating cover three stretching the field vertically hitting those deep overs finding some posts and stuff like that it's a lot harder to hit that when you have a bunch of four five five guys and slower on the field than when you're putting tyree kill and sammy Watkins or tyree kill and mccall hardman and just filling out a little bit more speed so i just wonder Even against cover three, if the Chiefs don't have a little bit more trouble moving the ball by trying to hit crossers, by trying to hit mesh over and over again, like they've done so far early in the year.
3: Yeah, I could definitely see that. I can. Um, But yeah, I I would like to see maybe we we talk a little bit about how MBS has that build up speed. Get him vertical. You know, give him give him some good free releases, let him get up the sidelines and threaten that like I, we know that Gus Bradley is going to run this defense. He ran it with the Las Vegas Vader, Raiders last year, and my goodness, this offense just absolutely torched him. They absolutely did. Ran it with the Chargers before that. And What happened? They torched him, except early on in Patrick Mahomes, career. This was kind of a, a little bit of a problem defense for Patrick Mahomes very early in his career as he was still trying to figure out exactly how to play against it, where the seams were, where to hit certain stuff. It struggled a little bit. Now, that defense largely had good pass rushers. We, we'll get into some pass rush stuff here in a little bit, but I They don't have the same weapons on the Colts' defense here. So even though, yes, you're trying to keep that big shell over the top of things, you're trying to force everything underneath, you got a guy that's kind of lurking in the middle of the field, it's where the Chiefs are trying to operate on offense right now, get McCall Hartman on some of those deep overs. Get Justin Watson on some of those. Hey, maybe it's Sky Moore time. Eric Biennium guaranteed he wasn't going to play only two snaps. So get ready for three. But, you know, we'll see. Yes. But I feel like this is a prime time to get out some of those guys, rely on some of that, and just really kind of press the issue. You know how to beat it? You know where Patrick Mahomes can hit it, try and get the guys on the field that can. More
2: There's snaps. A- Sky more or the Colts not in single high? What's more snaps? Colts not in, sing- or yeah, Colts, Colts not in single high or Sky more reps?
1: Colts not in single high. I'll say Push. it. Push. <laughs> <laughs>
2: push <laughs> two for sorry three for each it's not gonna be yeah. two it'll be wow. three for each okay all right go ahead kid sorry to cut you off i just that was. Funny. no
1: you it's not i'm used to it um you are <laughs> so anyway craig no i have something very important to say matthew hear it. you're gonna have Let's a killer transition right here the nfl action is in full swing here and DraftKings sportsbook america's uh top rated sports book. Sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings. stepped up, same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the nfl minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details they are there uh all right the run game was a little spotty little up and down last week against the chargers one really big explosive play made things look a lot better i don't think we're gonna see as much or a lot of 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 success running the football this week matthew what do you think
2: well, they the Chiefs could find more success if they would draft Chase Brown running back out of Illinois. He's currently <laughs> playing right now. He's got a touchdown. Okay, no, I'm kidding. We don't have the new draft talk quite yet. We're still a little early in the NFL season, even for me, maybe. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. I talked about a little bit this week. I think that the Chiefs run game trailed off in terms of the quantity because they had a couple fine to good runs when they probably should have had more. If they, if you have Claudio DeLair maybe runs these plays a little bit better, if Trey Smith specifically holds on to a couple blocks, maybe Andrew Wiley doesn't slip off of one. I think the Chiefs might come out of the first five runs with closer to 50, 45, 50 yards. And if that's the case, you might see Andy stick with it, especially early on when you were getting, you know, you did get a power run. You did get some ISO runs. Like you've got some downhill stuff. I think there's a chance for the Chiefs to stick to it. But Andy Reid visually needs to see it work and not just kind of work, not just to four yards a carry. It's got to work work to keep it going. And what you see what happens when the Chiefs get pressed and the runs only (laughs) adequate, he is going to quickly eject out of those as fast as he can. So it really depends on how the Chiefs first three to five runs go in a game where the Chiefs are going to go with it. I think structurally, the power runs are looking a little bit better. They are literally one small detail on every single one of them away from them being looking perfect and being quality, quality plays. And they're having success, don't get me wrong. like They're this close to them being really, really good. So like I think it's getting there, and I really like seeing Clyde get his run a few more of those. So hopefully that continues. But if they go three for six yards to start, three for eight yards, just go ahead and pack it in. It's never coming back until the fourth quarter and they're salting away a lead. <laughs>
3: And that could very likely happen. The Indianapolis Colts are second in the NFL in yards per carry allowed at two point seven yards per guess who they get back. Ah yeah, they get Shaq Leonard back too. They they did some of this without Shaq Leonard. His name is Shaquille Leonard now.
2: Yeah. Formerly um,
3: Darius Leonard. I just formerly Darius Leonard. Yeah. I just want to
2: say, yeah, Um, because I you know, I forgot that he changed his name. There might be some others who did too. (laughs) It's like, but (laughs) Great. <laughs> or Joe Tryon, same caliber, a young guy, same,
3: same caliber. Yes. Uh, Grover Stewart has been a monster in the middle uh, as their nose tackle. He has been exceptional and one could argue their most consistent and best player on this defense. And this is one that has DeForest Buckner right next to him. DeForest Buckner is also an exceptional interior player. So you've got those two guys with Darius Leonard and Bobby Okereke lurking behind them. That is a stout four. And that's before you add in a guy like Quiddy Pei. Sets a good hard edge. Big, big dude. Yannick Ngakwe, not so much. But he's dealing with a back injury. He may not play. So they may actually get a little bit bigger with Deo Odeyingbo, A guy that's long, powerful, sets a good edge. There could be difficulties running the ball in this game. And I know that everybody wants to see more of the run game. I do too. I think Clyde has looked exceptional. I'm just not expecting that this is going to be the week for it. I really do truly think that that front six, when they're in that nickel there, is going to be just ridiculously hard to move, ridiculously hard to run against, and I think that we're going to see a lot of shorter carries, which, like Maddie said, Andy's going to see that, and he's going to get to a point where he's going to go, you know what? Nah, this is futile. We're throwing the ball here, which is probably the better decision based on what they're going to see this week
1: things have not been pretty uh for the Colts this season hence we had our jokes early um <laughs> we we're having some fun here um we're you know we're trying to take it a little bit seriously here by the way hit the like button hit the subscribe button leave a comment um the the defensive line is still there's there's some there's some interesting qualities about them and and they, uh, up front like uh, the ability to stop the run they definitely are um, a big piece of that and um you know it's going to be a challenge and again like what these guys are saying they don't have early success. Maybe they're not gonna, you know, maybe maybe Andy's gonna, you know, change the call sheet a little bit as the game goes on a little bit more. But it's definitely something, um, something we're something to keep an eye on. And honestly, I think the run defense is gonna or the run offense is gonna have their hands full. Uh, I think last week the offensive line had their hands full in pass protection, and that's the next big thing we need to talk about on the offensive side of the ball. So, um, I don't think. Any individual player on that offensive line had a particularly great week. I, you know, I, there was some lowlights that we really aren't accustomed to on the offensive line. And, um, you know, last year, the interior was one of the best in football, and I still think it is. I still think it's an outstanding group, but they, they had a rough go of it. They had a really rough go of it last week in pass protection. Um, Some of the games that they were running up front for the Chargers guys were getting free, Uh, a little bit of miscommunication, but just executing blocks at times. I mean, Joe Tooney wound up on the ground uh, Mm -hmm. even. I mean, and that's just not, we're not used to that. We're not really used to that happening all too often here in Kansas city uh, in the past protection game. So I'm looking for a rebound. I'm hoping for a rebound. I'm wanting to see a rebound from this group um, because uh, this, I, the, the Colts off our defensive line has some guys that can stop the run. They have some guys that can definitely affect the passer, but I don't think it's the same kind of challenge that we saw last week. That was one of the better fronts in football last week. I think this week you're, you're, you're taking a step down, but I want to see this team go out and kind of reestablish what we know them to be. I don't want there to be any questions. I don't want there to be any doubt after this performance that this offensive line is going to be up to snuff most weeks. So, That's something I think is really important in this game. And like, obviously, hey, if you can't run the football, you better be able to sling it around the yard. And pass protection is going to be valuable and helpful in that regard.
2: For sure. And I think one of the things the Chargers did, and maybe they picked up on something from the Cardinals that we didn't come to fruition during the game. They played with the Chiefs' protections early, and they did it a lot. And they found some success on the first couple times that they wanted to mug up multiple gaps, specifically if they would mug up two gaps uh, uh, right next to each other. If they wanted to put a linebacker in the A and B gap, the Chiefs took a drive or two once the Chargers started showing that to figure it out. Then the Chiefs figured it out, and they, for the most part, in the second half kind of held their own. Now, there were still a couple plays. I think this was definitely the worst. That I had saw Creed Humphrey play in terms of picking up blitzers, picking up guys trying to cross his face. He and I don't want. To, I I'm not singling out any particular person. I also thought it was Trey Smith's worst game that I'd seen for the Chiefs. Creed Humphrey's, Joe Tooney had some very, very rare blowouts, and they were bad. The tackles somehow were maybe better than the interior, but maybe I'm also just adjusting in my mind for the fact that they were playing Joey Bosa, who was absolutely dominant. But yeah, you have this pass protection that wasn't good last week. But I think if you look at the Colts, if you look at the players they're lining up from, yeah, Yannick and is a good player. Yeah, Equity pays coming along is good. I don't see a roaring mismatch there. DeForest Buckner, yeah, he's probably a mismatch one on one with Trey Smith, probably. But Trey Smith's still competent. Like you're not looking at a non-good player there against him. So like, I don't see a way that this indie front should completely wreck this game unless the Chiefs are playing like they did last week, trying to pick up these uh, rush calls early on. If you get that confusion again, if you get guys that are playing late because they don't know where they're sliding, who they're helping, if they're passing off left or right, their eyes aren't being disciplined like we saw last week. Yeah, I could see Gus Bradley coming up with some stuff on this front that could be kind of a problem. But if they're refocused, if they are back onto their rules, they have everything going well, I really don't foresee a big issue here.
3: Yeah, there's, there's there's no Joey Bosa lurking on this defensive line. I, I love DeForest Buckner. Hell, I love Quiddy Payne, and Dale Yingbo coming out. They're guys that I'd be ecstatic with if they were on the Kansas City Chiefs right now, but they're not striking fear into the hearts of an offense right now, and it kind of shows. They're... They're lower on the ta- on the rungs, you know, from a pressure rate perspective. They've not really done a particularly good job of impacting plays time and time again along the defensive line. So you're going to see a better performance, likely. And if you don't, then it might be time to really kind of reset our standards Now we saw mm-hmm. Arizona blitz a ton to mess with protections in week one we saw some overwhelming stuff yes blitzes as well but some overwhelming stuff from very talented players you know on the defensive line for the Chargers now if you turn around and this not so talented group that's probably not gonna blitz a ton is able to keep Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable for most of the day we probably need to start talking about that as a, hey, this could this this offensive of line took a little bit of a step back and maybe we need to recalibrate. Maybe Patrick needs to recalibrate. Andy needs to recalibrate. This could be a little bit of a measuring stick or it could be a bit of a get right game. And when you turn around and go, okay, that's the line that we know. That's the line that we remember. That's the line that we trust to tr- protect Patrick all game long.
2: So, and I just wanted to, wanted to quickly ref, uh, come back to this, the chiefs traditionally, when they are passing the ball, they're just going to go with some pretty basic jet protection. They're going to have, they want five guys in, you're going to get uh, a half slide. So half the guys are going to slide out to whatever side they make the call to the other two are going to man block on the backside. That's what the chiefs want to do and pass protection at all times. When the Chargers get four guys down and they start bugging it up, you start messing with the jet protection a little bit. Now the running back, not only can he not just pick up a blitzer off the edge, like a corner or an overhang defender, they're now having to insert him into the interior to pick this up, and that kind of does mess with this half slide, or is it going to be a full slide? That's what the Chiefs struggled with. Early on, we saw it on the Andrew Wiley-Trey Smith play, where they let Bosa, I believe it was, come free right through the middle – they were trying to full slide. They didn't exactly know how they wanted to pick it up. As the game went on, they started having that halfback insert in the middle. Like they very clearly altered their jet protections, which Andy Heck, Andy Reid love those. It's a West Coast staple. That's how they call the vast majority of their protections. They adjusted for it as the game went, but the Chargers definitely manipulated it early on. That's just something to keep an eye on. If you see Andy coming up, Throwing a lot of mug looks, especially with two linebackers to the same side. You can see them trying to replicate what the Chargers did. And it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs go about trying to counter it again, because like I said, it took them a half, but they got there after the first half, I do believe.
1: I remember we had Jeff Allen. We were doing uh we did a we did a watch party at at Jack Stack Barbecue. And I just remember asking Jeff, like, how many protections do you guys do you guys roll into uh every week? How many, how many projections do you roll with every single week? I was anticipating, you know, having five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nah, it's like two, two, three. They just it's they not keep much, it. and they're so, basic. Yeah, so it's just it's yeah, it's interesting. You know, attack protections, right? I mean, there you go, uh, <laughs> there you go. Now, Jet's pretty su- structurally sound, and it has a lot of solutions for a lot of things. So it's not like this team's, you know incompetent or anything i'm not saying that it's just they keep things pretty simple with how many that they're throwing out there and if you can attack it well well you gotta you gotta adapt a little bit players to watch well i'm gonna go
3: right in line with what we've been talking about creed humphrey this was creed humphrey's worst game that we've seen him play in a chief's uniform against the los angeles chargers he missed a whole bunch of stuff missed a couple blitzes had his eyes kind of in the wrong position for some things I am curious if that was just an anomaly because we know that Creed Humphrey is a very, very, very good center. He showed that last year time and time again, week one against the Cardinals was a pretty good game for him as well. He just looked really bad against the chargers. Frankly just missed a whole bunch of stuff, allowed Patrick Holmes get hit more than he should have. Didn't help pick up some stuff. This is a rebound game against two very good interior defensive linemen. He's got to move. Grover Cleveland. He's got a stymie DeForest Buckner. He's going to see plenty of those guys all game long. He shows up. He shuts them down. We put that all to bed. We can just say, okay, it's a bad game for Creed against the Chargers. Move right along because he did an exceptional job against two very good interior defensive linemen. So I got my eyes on Creed this week.
2: Oh, so where do we want to go with the players for the watch in this game? I want to go with Travis Kelsey beating cover three. I want to pull that card out, but it's a little too early in the year to do that. I think Greg made a good here, call here coming with Creed Humphrey. But no, we're going with Clyde Edwards-Elair. I think Clyde is a guy, He's I think he's on the doorstep of having a breakout season. And I think he's always going to split time this year with Jarek McKinnon. We've kind of seen why. Reliable pass catcher, reliable and these protection calls, good receiver out of the backfield. He still runs their zone plays the best when he's out there running. It's so like I can see the path to why Jarek McKinnon's always gonna get snaps, but I think Clyde is right there, knocking on the door of having this breakout type season, especially considered what Chiefs fans kind of think of him, where they think he's kind of going at this point. They're starting to use him in the screen game. They're starting to get him out on a few more real routes. These are all good indications that they are trusting a little bit more, doing a little bit more for him. So I think this could be one of those games. How do they find a way to use them? Is it running? Is it receiving? Are these power elements all going to start coming together? And now he's turning these four five yard runs that were one to two yard runs last year that are now mm-hmm. four to five. Is he going to start making them seven, eight yards at a time? Like, I think we're right there on the door. So I think this could be a good place to build off of what was a very good Chargers game for him.
1: You you, you guys ready for a pun? You ready for no. a... Here, Here it comes. Sky's you... in the limit with you. Use Sky more. You see what I did there? Yeah, I know. I got I, it. I got I, it, buddy. Craig. Can you Craig explain it? Craig mentioned, yes, I'd love to. Craig mentioned earlier Eric enemy saying, you know, he's not going to play two snaps offensively again moving forward. They're going to start utilizing him a little bit more. We joked it's three. I hope it's more than three. I, what we have seen from this young man to this point doesn't, I I just don't understand why we can't see him on the field more because I think he's done an outstanding job. Like we've talked about three or four different times, I feel like in the last couple of weeks, done great in the return game. He's shown some promise carrying the football, you know, with the ball in his hands. Good things have happened in special teams and the lone catch he has in the National Football League. I am very impressed with what we've seen to him this point. I'd like to see him get involved a little bit more. This is a good football player. This is a guy that can help this team. We're talking about, you know, MVS winding up on a on a milk carton at times. Let's see what Sky Moore does. I This kid is this kid's super talented. You took him in the top 60 for a reason, and there's a lot to like about him. I'm very excited about what we've seen to this point. Let's see more. Let's see if he can go make it happen. I believe in the talent of Sky Moore. I want to see him play more. See what I did there? Then yeah, the guy. I, I, that...
3: I've, I've been seeing it all along, buddy. I got you.
1: Thank you. I I feel seen. Uh, Alec Pierce was taken right before him, and we all were worried that the Colts were going to take Sky Moore uh, when the cheese trade back. They didn't. They took Alec Pierce. I want to see Sky Moore show up. Alec Pierce, even though I like Alec Pierce a lot. Um, Craig, I just want you to know something. <laughs> You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, buddy, I have bad news for you. It's not beer. Oh. I have good news for you, though. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps. And it's awesome. Called, yeah, it's called liquid death. And why is this water called liquid death, you might ask, Craig? I do ask that. Well, it's because it will brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tall boys can help are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman, 7 Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com/slash KCSN. The KCSN is the most important part. Liquid Death dot com slash kcsn i think tucker has he says he's got like every can of liquid death uh hit the like button hit the subscribe button please leave a comment uh let us know what you think of the show that helps us grow the show it helps us uh be more visible on youtube as we're trying to grow things there too so it's all super valuable uh really appreciate the likes this uh the subscribes Uh, the comments, and I really appreciate this defense through two weeks, Craig, and it's time to finally talk about your boys. Um, And one of the things you want to talk about was getting home with stunts. Yes. Um, The Indianapolis
3: Colts, I think, have been kind of living off of this reputation that they have this really, really good offensive line for a long time. I mean, Ryan Kelly is an exceptional player. Quentin Nelson, arguably you know, top of the line at guard. That's kind of it. I mean, no disrespect to Braden Smith, but like this has not been a particularly good offensive line. And the way that they've been gotten so far this year is looping guys around, running stunts, running games at this front, at this offensive line. They have allowed a lot of pressure to Matt Ryan simply by running simple stunts, simple games. Guess what the Chiefs have done even more under Joe Cullen than they had under Brendan Daly? More games up front. You've seen it time and time again. Mike Dana coming free up the middle, hurting Justin Herbert on that play. That's coming on a game. Frank Clark, a couple plays later, coming on a game. Carlos Dunlap had a couple that he's really performed well. I expect that we are going to see multiple sacks from Ed Rushers. I'm calling it Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap. Both are getting a sack coming off of an interior looping stunt. They're going to come up that a gap. They're going to hit Matt Ryan. They're going to force him to be a little bit of a turtle. He has been very poor when pressure this year. And this offensive line has been very poor when you've been throwing games at the front it just makes sense it just it really aligns with what this defensive line has been doing well so far this year i expect this third place pressure rate team I, i'm going to say that again in case you didn't catch it the chiefs defense is third in the league in pressure rate right now will go up after this game, simply because they're going to be able to get pressure on Matt Ryan, who's not escaping the pocket. They're gonna get it up the A gap coming off of stunts. I, I think it's gonna be a field day for this defensive line.
2: I know the Colts have had some turnover along their offensive line over the past couple of years, and that's certainly playing a role here in the way that they're you know that this unit's performing, but it's the same coaching staff. They still have Chris Strausser from the Howard Mud teaching like that school of thought. They've been a very, very sound, very sound uh, offensive line. They do things the right way. They do a good job. So I'm kind of surprised that stunts, that twists, that games, that basic pressures are getting them so bad so far this year. And they really have been. They have looked extremely stressed to try to figure out, you know, how to deal with just a basic tech stuff, just basic stuff, or when there's an extra blitzer coming. So yeah. I think this is definitely a week in which Steve Spagnol should empty out the bag. The Joe Collins should get, you know, in there and get his hands dirty and start throwing in some of these twists, some of these games. Heck, bring pressure with them too. Bring some pressure and throw a stunt in there and make this Colts offensive line figure it all out as they go on. Like Matt Ryan's a very, 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 very immobile quarterback. Make get these defensive linemen moving. Make him consider trying to scramble because it's funny to watch number one, and number two, he's not very good at it. So, like, they should be trying to do that. It's even more so than just winning one-on-one. The Chiefs should get a lot of free rushers in this game. I am intrigued to see how the defensive line room looks with no Mike Dana. He's been playing some reps. He's been playing well. Mm-hmm. I wonder mm-hmm. if we feel that. I just wonder if you feel that watching the game that the Chiefs maybe are missing, not necessarily juice, but missing a good motor, a guy that is good running these stunts, that is good to go out there and essentially wear out offensive linemen and provide some you know effort pressure and things like that as the game goes on.
1: More on one of his replacements later. Uh, but first, I know Craig's got uh, he's been itching to talk about man coverage for one specific reason. Oh, have reason. I been? Yep. Holy
3: cow! This man coverage for Steve Spagnola this year has allowed 1.8 yards per play. 1.8, about three quarters of the time that they are in man, they are ahead of the sticks. That is outrageously great. It really is now. I just got done earlier this week talking about how the Chiefs are running a lot of static zone coverages, given lots of soft time. They are. It's about 75% of the time for that, 25% man. But when they get into man, they are getting pressures so fast. They are able to close things down for the quarterback so quickly. Justin Herbert was so uncomfortable every time they went to man coverage against him this week. And that was with Jalen Watson out there and Rashad Fenton. And I think everybody kind of remembers a couple of those man coverage reps, you know, Rashad Fenton getting beat up by, by Mike Williams over the top. That's a man coverage rep. That means that they had to be so much better than that on every other one to bring that number back down. They were ultra great against the Cardinals as well in man coverage. They allowed less than a yard per play in man coverage. Again, Outrageously great. That being said, they haven't played a whole bunch of receivers. There's been a bunch of them hurt. You've had guys missing. You've had guys within the offensive scheme that haven't been able to be there. Now, all of a sudden, you get a guy back in Michael Pittman Jr. Maybe he's been limited so far this week. We will see who could stress this team a little bit more. Alec Pierce appears to be a full go this week in practice after coming back off of a concussion. He could stress this team a little bit more. I want to see more man coverage, even with the young kids. I want to see more of it, and I want to see what this Chiefs defense looks like against Pittman, against Pierce, against a a set of receivers, rather than maybe just one guy like a Mike Williams without having another guy that was really threatening them opposite it because it has been so good this season. It was great with Trent McDuffie. It's still been good with these other guys. I'm very excited about the possibility of being able to get further into December and being able to rely on the coverage a little bit more because this pass rush is just going to tee off if that's the case.
2: Absolutely. Like this, this no, okay, let's look at the Colts receiving room here real quick, right? This Colts receiving room has a lot of size and some mm-hmm. build-up speed. Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce if they play, they provide some, you know, build-up speed. Um even Desmond Patton can get vertical a little bit. At least he was able to at Washington State coming out. So you have some big wide wide receivers that can work down the field, but these guys aren't exactly separators. These guys aren't exactly guys that are going to break open, you know, on short or intermediate routes frequently. Now this sounds a lot very similar to what the chargers have. And I agree. There's just one big difference. You don't have a cyborg pinpointing lasers to their back shoulder to make (laughs) these contested catches over and over again. You have Matt Ryan throwing ducks, being unable to move the majority of the times like if there was ever a wide receiver matchup and a quarterback matchup to put out there and to see the Chiefs I think run up a lot of man coverage this might be the week like I think they actually match up relatively well with these Colts receivers to play a lot of man coverage to, you know, Snead, I feel comfortable with against anybody fitness physical enough Watson. I feel like we've seen enough out of him to think that they can hold up against this particular receiver room and at the very least compete at the catch point and assume they're not going to go Mike Williams on them. You know, they can't Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, these guys could do this, but they're also, those guys aren't Mike Williams yet either. So like, I think this is a week to see a lot of man coverage. And to that point, Wyoder asked this, like, with a less mobile quarterback, do you think we could see more man coverage? Because then you don't, you know, you're not worried about having eyes on a quarterback. You're not worried about Herbert or Kyler Murray scrambling. Yeah, I think so. I think that you have the matchups against the receivers that is good. And then you come back and you have a quarterback who's not going to make you pay if you're playing man coverage. I know Craig just said they're not playing a lot of man coverage. It's been really good. I think the efficiency could dip after this week. But I think mm-hmm. the volume go up, and it could still be really good. So I think this is the week to bust out a heavy man coverage approach.
1: You don't think it's you don't think that the volume going up would affect the one point eight yards per play? What, huh? Why? We are nope. the Jags.
2: Okay, Not it's going to sustain.
3: Jags. We're just staying right there under two yards per. Pe- no, it's not going to happen.
1: One thing just to I, Willie Gay's absence, uh, yes. how does that affect that too? Like, that's one question I would have with all of this. We really have Naeem to talk Hines, about this. 800 yards. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, who's, yeah, like Darius Harris. I like Darius Harris for what he is. I, I don't know if I'm trusting him in coverage. Matt, or... Matt Ryan's not going to be able to get the ball to Naheem Hines quickly enough. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Maddie, you have left one of these blank. I don't know what you're about to talk about. The third mystery defense storyline for this game is what?
2: <laughs> I uh, I forgot what I wanted to talk about here. Um but I do have this. The run defense, right? Okay, you can't go against the Colts. We've gone we've got two points about the Colts offense and we haven't talked about Jonathan Taylor, arguably yeah. the best running back in the NFL, We do this entire, every
1: single time. The, we always like just don't even talk about the best player on, on someone's team. We want to talk entire, about the interesting
3: pieces.
2: The, the entire <laughs> reason they almost made the playoffs if they didn't get dunked on by the Jags last year. The entire reason, the one of the few teams that has a running back and a run game in the past that could salt the clock away and keep the ball away from the Chiefs. We saw them do that last year. We saw like, the Colts legitimately hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. I believe it was 86 times in one game because they just kept running it this is one of the few teams that could just use the run game to keep the ball out of Mahomes hands and try to win the game 24 to 23 or something stupid like that so how are the Chiefs going to stop this run game very specifically I don't know if Willie Gay is the Chiefs best run defender at the linebacker position I think it still probably goes to Nick Bolton however Willie Gay makes his impact felt on more plays in the run game After the whistle is blown, he is a guy that impacts more stuff with his ability to take on blocks, his ability to cut off angles to the outside, his ability to just like be there in time, whether he makes a tackle or not, doesn't matter. Just the ability to be there. Darius Harris, I think he's smart. I think he looked good in the preseason. He ain't fast. Nick Bolton, I get it in a 40 time. Yeah, he ran pretty fast. You watch him play. He doesn't play like he moves that fast. Thinks fast sometimes. I think he's been actually been a little bit slower this year than years past, but we're going to say that's only two weeks in. We will approach that when we get there. But like, I think the Chiefs are going to miss that speed of Willie Gay. And this is already a run defense that hasn't been necessarily excellent. I know they were good against the Chargers who can't run the ball, but this run defense over the years has been shaky at best. Now missing out on your guy that probably impacts the highest volume of run plays. Not a good recipe versus this team that has one of the most explosive, fastest, best running backs in the entire NFL.
3: I mean, and on top of that, you're also missing a guy in Mike Dana, who for everything that he is, is an excellent run defender, whether that be on the edge or even playing as a three-tech. He's been really good playing as a three-tech against the run as well. Better than Turk Wharton has been. So now Mike Dana can't go. Probably going to see a little bit more Carlos Dunlap, who luckily is also very good against the run. I do think that the Chiefs are going to try and funnel everything as much as they can in in between the tackles kind of what we saw in the preseason a little bit where you have aggressive fills from the safeties you have guys coming downhill very quickly trusting to play a little bit more single high because you're not as worried about getting beat over the top with some of these rookie receivers so I think you're going to have your safeties be an integral part of your run fits as they typically are but even more so this week try and fill that and fit it between the tackles because yes, Jonathan Taylor is excellent. He's going to run through some stuff. Darius Harris and Nick Bolton are going to be able to step into gaps and they are going to be able to stand up against that. Some some of that sort of stuff. They are both very stout at the point of attack. They can make things happen. They're both very good tacklers. I fully expect if they can funnel between the tackles, this is going to go great for the Chiefs. It really is, because both of those guys are very good about reading the run between the tackles there. If it does stretch the outside, if they can't fill with those safeties, if they can't set the edge with the defensive ends, it will be a very long day for the Chiefs. Jalen Watson, Jerry Snead, Rashawn Fenton, all want to hit on the edge. Jonathan Taylor's not the dude you want to hit, though. Like, I mean, it, it... The willingness may be there, but it's going to be difficult to bring a guy like that down in open space. And the more they let him get into open space, the worse it's going to be for this team.
1: He can't hit, though. Uh, (laughs) He can. (laughs) He can't. Only like five people got that.
2: Uh, Players to
1: watch on the defensive side of the ball, Craig. Yeah, I'm
3: going Darius Harris. I mean, we're just streamlining these points right before my guys right in here. Darius Harris has a lot on his plate. Uh, I thought it might be Elijah Lee based on some of the substitutions that they did with Willie Gay earlier in the season. Here, it looks like it's going to be Darius Harris, and I'm happy about that. Darius Harris not going to be the most fleet of foot guy, not going to cover the most ground. You're not going to use him in the same way that you're going to use Willie Gay by any means. I fully expect what we're going to see is going to be more like the Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton Nichols that we saw last year, where you got both of those guys between the tackles. They're going to plug everything up and you're going to rely on your safeties to do the work that's the case, I feel very good about what they're going to do with Darius Harris. I I think that he's going to be able to do it well against this offensive line. I think you're going to see him start pretty well. Then you're going to see him continue pretty well. I think the next four games are going to be pretty big for Darius Harris. I mean, that's the understatement of the year, but I think it's going to be a good performance for him if they shift that way. However, if they rotate somebody out to the slot and I see Darius Harris Running out there to play outside leverage in the slot, I'm going to pull my non-existent hair out. It's I'm very curious to see how they're going to use him. They know how to use him. Darius Harris knows that defense that they played over the past couple years. Not like you're breaking new ground here. Use him that way and profit off of what you can do there. Do not try and shoehorn him into the Willie Gay role.
2: For me, I'm going to the man of the week. From last week, we're going with Jalen Watson playing at outside cornerback. Watson. Listen, listen, Watts Island, it, it's not open for business. Quit trying, you know, quit trying to send your package this way. They're getting taken back. They're getting returned to sender. Just ask Justin Herbert how this is going, Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan throws some ducks. Okay. Matt Ryan throws some ducks. You want to float a ball out there to the sideline against him? You know, do it, doing it at your own peril. Um I'm interested to see how he's going to do you go from back to back weeks where you're dealing with a lot of physical big wide receivers that can win vertically, but they're not exactly the fastest guys. I think that plays into Watson's hands a little bit more. You're not pressuring with speed. You're not always going to be attacking some, sometimes not the most fluid of hips with him. So like, I think this is a good matchup for him. I think this will also, I hope the Colts challenge him. I hope this is another game where the Colts come out and say, hey, maybe we don't go after Rashad Fenton every play. Maybe we try the other guys. If that's the case, I want to see Watson get some reps because I do want to see when Trent McDuffie comes back, he needs to start. He still looked, very, looked better than Jalen Watson. Jalen Watson had a pick mm-hmm. six. He won this game for the Chiefs, or the game for the Chiefs. Trent McDuffie looked better in his limited action versus the Cardinals. He was allowing the Chiefs defense to do a little bit more. He's still coming back in to start. I want teams to challenge Watson so that he can go out there and prove that he deserves to be in contention for that opposite starting spot on the outside with Rashad Fenton. So, like, I want to see Watson come out, get challenged by Pierce, get challenged by Pittman, and have another good game. Because if he starts stacking some together while McDuffie's out, I don't think McDuffie sees his snaps drop. I think somebody else might be, you know, at risk to lose those. So, like, I hope he gets an opportunity to show out again this week and they don't largely avoid him, sans what, like three passes? The, the Chargers through his direction? Yeah.
1: We're manifesting Snead, McDuffie, Watson here in a few weeks, is what we're doing. I think.
2: We deserve it after seeing some of these cornerback rooms they've trotted out there.
1: You know what else <laughs> we deserve? We deserve a George Karloftis sack. And I want to see it this week. I think this is a prime opportunity for George Karloftis. I think he's going to be relied on pretty heavily this week, obviously, with Mike Dana. I think snap count might go up a little bit. Um, I would like to see him. You know, I, I don't think you know super highly of the of the tackle situation uh for the Indianapolis Colts either. I think this could be a potentially good opportunity uh, for George George Karloftis to get a sack, um, disrupt the quarterback. I think I am not displeased with what we've seen out of George Karloftis to this point. Uh, just you know, you want you want some statistical uh you want some st- statistical recognition here. Let's get George Karloftis a, a sack here I think. All right, on DraftKings, there are plenty of lines uh to take a look at. We got some over/unders here from DraftKings. Uh let's go Patrick LeVon Mahomes over/under 289 and a half passing
2: yards. What say you Matthew? Oh, let's go with the under. That's a surprise, I know. Um I think there's a chance this game's over early enough that Patrick Mahomes is not airing the ball out, that the Chiefs are going to do the typical Chiefs thing. Don't put their foot on the throat, close to a victory. And Mahomes ends the game with a crazy efficiency, but 263 passing yards and like three touchdowns, four touchdowns. I just, I can very much see that happen. Craig Stouts, Nick Bolton over under eight and
1: a half tackles. What do you got?
3: Over. They're going to funnel everything to the inside linebackers. He went over that in week one. We're going to see far more rushing utilization. He goes over.
1: All right. We have to. We're contractually obligated to ask Matthew Lane about Travis Kelsey. Over. Over under (laughs) 71 and a half receiving yards. What do you got? I wonder.
2: Over. Just go look at what he does against cover three. They're going to run cover three. Someone's going to make them pay. Travis Kelsey, best zone receiver in the entire NFL.
1: Over. All right, Craig, over, under, .75 sacks for Carlos Dunlap this week. Over.
3: I'm hammering I already got money on that right now with DraftKings. I am taking the over. Carlos Dunlap gets a sack on a looping. If I could put money on the the stunt itself, I would.
1: (laughs) Carlos Dunlap gets the over i love it those are some overrunners you can bet on now at DraftKings. uh you can also join the kcsn daily fantasy league uh we have some openings there i believe it's opened up to 100 people we packed out last week's make sure you go check that out descriptions in the bio here all right boys it is prediction time chiefs colts craig what is your score prediction on this football game Defense is going to look really good
3: against Matt Ryan. Um, I I, I think Jonathan Taylor can, like Maddie said, keep him in the game with some heavy run utilization. I think the Chiefs defense does enough. They, you know, for everything that we talked about with the Colts run defense, Chiefs currently are ninth in yards per carry out for run defense right now. A top 10 yards per carry run defense. We'll see how it works against Jonathan Taylor. They're going to slow him down then the game's going to get out of hand because I don't have any expectation that Gus Bradley is going to be able to keep a lid on this offense. I think we're going to see enough scoring. It may not be as pretty as some of the other games against Gus Bradley, but we're going to see enough scoring out of the Chiefs. Colts are going to have to throw the ball if they want to try and keep up, and that is bad news against a Chiefs pass rush that is going to bring the heat all game long. Got the Chiefs winning this one, 31-17. With Ten of those points
2: coming in the fourth quarter for the Colts. Wow. I, I'm i a little torn on this coast. Like Gus Bradley's defense are getting torched by the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes as of late when he does not have the Chargers defensive talent that he had when he was with them. I don't think that defensive scheme is set up to stop what Patrick Mahomes does well. I started out at the top saying, I don't know if the Chiefs' offensive weapons are as ideal for beating cover three this year as they have been in the past. Did I remember that Demarcus Robinson always went off against cover three and like, well, okay, anybody (laughs) can um, in this offense. No. I think it's I think going to be a little bit of a sloppy game. The Colts have a, are very good at turning the Chiefs into a sloppy team when they play during the regular season. I think the Chiefs will look like they are better. They will clearly be the better team. They'll jump out to an early lead. They will clearly be coasting. They'll be making all of us pull their hair out that they're not going Buffalo Bills and just trying to blow the brakes off of an opponent. I think they went 27 to 20, and it looks close, and it never, ever was. I just think the Colts are going to rely on that run game, maybe try to get some play action stuff to find things work, attack the second level of the Chiefs defense and slowly chip away at a lead that's built up in the first two quarters and it's just going to look close but it's never actually going to be that.
1: Colts home opener, Shaq Leonard back, uh rough start for this team. I could see him sticking around a little bit honestly. I think, you know, there's, you know, the this is the NFL. There's a lot of pride. Uh, I still like Frank Reich a lot. I know it has been a little bit uh, interesting recently. Uh, I trust that he's going to have that team ready to play, especially with their backs up against the wall. I think that's the last thing you want to play as a team with their backs up against the wall. I think it's going to be an ugly game, which helps the Colts. Um, I do, I, I think, you know, I I could see it being, um, you know, a little uglier than we want. Um, That being said, I still have the Chiefs winning. I have the Chiefs uh, covering 28-20, but it's not a pretty game. It's not a fun game, and it's a little bit closer than I think any of us want it to. Uh, But still have them winning. That is going to do it for the game preview edition of the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We're doing all kinds of stuff. 17 shows a week on KC Sports Network covering the Chiefs. We will talk to you at the KCSN postgame post game show after a Chiefs victory. We'll catch you later.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.